It's a new year. We've got new positions in the portfolio. We're moving, we're shaking, we're cooking, we're baking, and we're making hopefully some smart decisions and choices for the long term in our dividend investing journey that we're on together. Dear dividend investing listener, hey, thank you so very, very much for letting me come into your ear holes for, you know, however long this goes. It won't go any more than 30 minutes. Why? Well, because Papa here, good old Pep Pep, we've got, well, speaking of Pep Pep, we got some news on the Pep Pep front, but I do have a volleyball tournament to get to that's going to bleed into the weekend, but I love it. You know why? Because you're in a season of your life, and I don't know if you know this or if somebody has ever told you this, but wherever you're at right now, this is a season of your life. Right now, I'm in the season of my life where I have two teenagers, One of them plays volleyball, one of them's a bowler just getting on with their bowling thing. They're both in high school, and pretty soon this season of my life will end, and that window will be closed. And when that window closes, it's closed for good. Everything you did before today, baby, that's gone, man. That that shit's gone. That, That is over and done with, never to return. You don't know how much future you do have, but you know you have right here today. So take advantage of it. Do those things you've been meaning to do. Get out of debt if you're in debt. You know, it's just really hard to get ahead in life if you're trying to do it, paying 20% or more interest on high consumer interest, credit card, revolving debt, whatever you want to call it. Don't do that. Get the interest going the other way. That's how I started looking at it. When I was poor, I don't want to go on a diatribe here, but when I was poor, it was all about what money could buy. I got money. I got a buck in my hand. What can I buy for a buck? And sometimes it was what could I buy for a buck? 10 cents going the wrong way. But now we spend less than we earn. We invest at least 30% of that. And it's all about what money can earn. And trying to be conscious of our spending is the way you want to do it. You want to get that interest going the other way. Stop paying interest and start receiving interest is the way that you're going to get ahead in life. And if not, hey, I wish you the best. Godspeed. Maybe you're going to figure out something that works that millions of other people have not. But hey, it's all up to you. It's your life. Live it the way you want to live it. And we're living it the way we want to live it. And speaking of Pep Pep, we had a bit of news this week as, uh-oh, Carrefour. Who's Carrefour? I don't know who Carrefour is. They're a publicly traded second, from what I understand, largest France, Francia, Francaise. They're the second largest grocer in French, and they decided to pull future PepsiCo products. Now, they're not going to pull it off the shelves. They're just not going to restock. They say that it's just ridiculous how PepsiCo has raised prices on their products, so they're not going to offer any more products. You know what this is? It's a negotiation tactic, and I was reading through some Seeking Alpha comments, and it's kind of crazy because... It's just black and white. People either love it or they hate it. People say that PepsiCo's products are awful. You don't need them. Nobody should eat it. This company should go out of business. They're disgusting. And then there's other people saying like, oh, this is good. This is, they'll be fine. So either way, you know, life is black and white. There's nuance, but it's just so much easier for human beings to see things in black and white without nuance. It's just, It's just simple because you don't have to challenge the way that you think and to say, hey, I might be wrong here. And you don't have to challenge those pre-held, pre-judged beliefs that you have. But either way, if you've been looking to get into PepsiCo, this could be good. We saw this in 2022. I think it was in Canada. I remember with Loblaw. 
Lobla, Lobla, however you want to say it, Lobla up in Canada, I think Toronto area is a grocer and they pulled PepsiCo products, but it was a fight that went on for a little bit. And then they eventually reconciled their disagreement, you know, so this, what this is, this is a negotiating tactic. And honestly, you know, if it's up to me, let the consumer decide. People will tell you. People are going to vote with their dollars. If something is way too much money and they don't want to buy it, hey, guess what? They're not going to buy it. You're going to see that they're not buying it. You're going to order less. It's just the way that, right? Kind of like Adam Smith's, as they say, invisible hand. The people will decide. Let the people vote. But either way, that's what's going on with Pepsi. So you could see some weakness. You could see people selling out. But they're just so big, so diversified. And you remember we just talked about them last week and all the products that they have. It's nutty how many products that PepsiCo has all over the world. They're giant. They're a big company. I do believe that they are going to be okay. And this is just a blip on the radar. Yeah, I just published a video. There's a link in the description below for three cheap dividend stocks. Put it up on YouTube short time ago. Kind of uncommon. And you, you might find it interesting. One of them, the last one, number three, we got close to buying. I'm not going to spoil it for you. So if you want to check that out, hey, check it out. Click the link. If not, you know, whatever. I'll be fine. <laughs> Papa's life is going to go on. We're going to be just fine and dandy. How would you be fine and dandy? What does that mean? Didn't George Carlin say when people say they're fine and dandy? It sounds like a very serious mental condition. But either way, we love George Carlin. God rest his soul. God rest Charlie Munger's soul. Hey, we said now he's joined the ranks of the eminent dead that he was so fond of. Dude talked about reading books from the eminent dead while he was alive. And meaning that you don't have to just have influences from people that are living. You have all of history available to draw influences from. So, Charlie, your words are there. And I'll be waiting for that third edition of Poor Charlie's Almanac, which I got for Christmas. <laughs> Won't be here till February. A little bit of a backup on that. Hey, we get some dividend news for you, everybody. Why did he almost sound like Andrew Dice Clay? Well, I don't know. Hey, hickory dickory dock. <laughs> we won't go there. Why? Because this is probably a family channel. If you don't know Andrew Dice Clay's hickory dickory dock rhyme, I will leave that up to you to go to YouTube or wherever you get your, your, your promiscuous viewings and listenings from. Dear dividend investing listener. Hey, is this guy drunk or on drugs? No, he's not. He's got dividend news for you from Simply Safe. Couple stories here. Royal Bank of Canada, ticker RY. I always think it should be RBC, but either way, they refreshed their outlook on RBC. Simply Safe dividends did. Dividend safety score of 80, which is safe, 4.03% dividend yield. Bank Ozark, well, it used to be called Bank Ozark, but it's just now Ozark, ticker OZK. They raised their dividend 2.7%, which is their 54th consecutive quarterly increase. Yes, they are a dividend king. All hail to the king of Ozark. I don't know. Either way, 3.12% yield dividend safety score of 50. And they raised that dividend a lot, literally like almost every quarter. But I believe that's uh, just the way that they've always structured it and they do it. C.H. Robinson, the air freight and logistics company, got a dividend downgrade from 92 very safe to 80 safe. I've worked at one of their facilities here over there in Des Plaines, I believe it is, Illinois. 
big facility. It's been a minute, but they've been around since 1905. And this little thing I'm going to read to you says, C.H. Robinson positioned to sustain dividend despite softening economy and activist pressures. What is that voice? I don't know what that voice is. It's entertaining, maybe. But either way, C.H. Robinson should keep that dividend going, but uh, the economy's softening for shipping, for the air freight and logistics. So check out CHRW if you want to look for a deal. And a big place you might find a deal. The big news here from the week that was Walgreens just obliterated. Well, I won't say obliterated. Everyone says slashed. They slashed the dividend 48%. And that is ending their streak of safe payouts since 1932 in the year of our Lord. Dude, everybody saw this coming from a mile away. Their payout ratio was way too high. Free cash flow just took a giant hit. Balance sheet was inflated. So they're going to, from what I understand, use this money. I think it's going to save them about $800 million a year. They're going to pay down debt. That's one of the big... It's a, it's a turnaround. And like Warren said, the problem with turnarounds is they very rarely turn. And if you look at a study done by Hartford Group, they show that companies that cut their dividend, the dividend cutters... They have a very, very small growth rate in the near future. So I think it's going to not be a good idea. You probably don't want to be in Walgreens. But either way, that dividend yield is now at 4%. So, hey, if you're a bottom fisher and you don't mind taking risk, could be a good time to get in, but it might take a while for them to go up. And this also teaches us that dividends are not sacrosanct. Hell no, they're not sacrosanct. They're not a guarantee. They're not a promise. They're not coming from your, your sugar daddy. Walgreens ain't your sugar daddy. That dividend's going to get cut as soon as a business is facing, right? What do we say around here? We say that all of these businesses, I don't care what anyone says, they're living, breathing entities in the regard that, hey, unless something is suicidal, any living, breathing entity's first order of business is to keep living and breathing. So when a business like Walgreens is facing a murky future and their lifeblood, they're just going to cut. A business is going to cut that dividend. They don't want to. They know it's really bad, but hey, you got a new CEO in. Business needs it. Big problems were going on with Walgreens. So always remember that, yeah, they say your the dividend is as safe as the last one. Well, the dividend that was paid to you was, but the next one, you know, I don't care what business is, what business it is, that dividend is always going to hinge on the success of the business. And if the business is f the foundation, if the fundamental foundation of the business is faltering, that's a big, gigantic red flag. And you probably don't want to get out unless you have a deep understanding, kind of like Warren Buffett did with Geico in the 1970s, that he thought that they would be able to turn it around when the rest of the world didn't. So he had a very, very deep understanding of it. Most of us probably aren't going to have that level. And if you see, you know, if PepsiCo is having problems selling chips and soda and things like that, then it's probably going to be time to get out because, you know, hey. And then the last one, energy transfer. They refresh their outlook on energy transfer, ticker ET. They have a 9% dividend yield and a dividend safety score of 50 up on that. And that is a little bit of the news.
And speaking of PepsiCo, we did get dividends from them this week. We have those 100 shares, so we received $126.50 into our taxable account. And then in our self-directed IRA, we received $48.97 from VG Properties, ticker VICI. Sold another covered call in Nextstar Media. I might have a problem here, but... As there was a bit of a run-up, it was over $160. I looked at the chart, probably going to have trouble with that 161 area. It's been banging up against that, and has it's been pretty stiff resistance, as we say when we look at the chart. Either way, I sold a $175 covered call for $55. Bucks. Yeah, stupidly, because then it went up a little bit more, and I probably could have got an extra. I could have got it for about $100. I, I, anyways... I don't think Nextstar Media is going to hit $175 by January 19th. So that's what we did. Got 55 bucks right from that. And hey, I don't know. We'll see if I made a mistake. But hopefully the chart's going to stay true. And we say hopefully, right? Hope is not a very good strategy. So that's what I sold that. And I also exited a position. We exited... Exited? No, we exited... Yes, Yes, everybody, we exited Extra Space Storage, ticker EXR. Imagine if I did the whole podcast, how quickly would you shut it off if I did that? Extra Space Storage, we exited Extra Space Storage, which is a self-storage REIT. We got these shares because we had been buying Life Storage, was building up toward 100 shares of Life Storage. I really liked Life Storage a lot better, thought they were a little bit more well-managed. Extra Space came in, bought Life Storage. I got shares of Extra Space Storage, a little bit of cash, so 17 shares of Extra Space we've been holding on to. And when we got those, it was right around the mid-150s, and it just dropped down when all the REITs were selling off down to 100, almost 100 bucks a share. And now it's come way back up to the 160s. It was at like 163, 164, thought about selling, thought it might go higher. And it settled somewhere in the high 150. So we exited at 158.50, lost no money. Our cost basis was about $108. So we made some nice money. And the reason I did that is because I want to diversify. I've lost track of the business, haven't been following them at all. It looks to me like they have a little bit of debt. Now they've been growing that dividend really, really quickly. Over the last little while, they raised it 8% in February of 2023, 14% five-year CAGR, 22% 10-year CAGR, but they took on a lot of debt to buy life storage. So I don't think we're going to have these big increases that they have recently had. Their uh, adjusted free cash, adjusted funds from... uh, Let me start over and leave this in. Their adjusted funds from operations, which is... Similar to the free cash flow payout ratio and free cash flow for uh, for regular businesses that are non-REITs is up to 83%. It's estimated next 12 months, which is the highest that it's been in the company's history from what I can tell. Uh, at least going back 10 years, where it's usually been 68 69%, did hit 80% in 2016. So... You know, I would just rather have that money into something I understand a little bit better and follow a little bit closer. And it's not a bad business, right? Extra space, we're going to need it. CubeSmart looks interesting, although their net debt has come down for extra space. 
but just personal preference could be a mistake. I think that the REITs have all run up, have all run up, <laughs> row, row. I think the REITs have all run up with the interest rate cuts and it's just giving more fuel to the fire that people are going to want to buy back in to REITs and chase those yields as the interest rates on the treasuries start to come down, right? So I think it's a good time to sell. And we put that money into, we're going to keep spreading it around inside the self-directed IRA, which by the way, head to dapperdividends.com, click on portfolio. You can check out what we going on there. Although I do need to update it. That I need to do. You don't need to know that, but I told you either way. But three shares of Toronto Dominion, ticker TD at 64.34. That is the only bank that we do hold outright. Although we do have a lot of banking exposure inside of SCHD. We bought three shares of Realty Income at 57.75. And remember, we received we received $48.97 from Vici in dividends. So we bought six shares of Vici at 31.75. And I'm going to be breaking up this extra space storage money. We received about $2,600 from that sale. And I'm just going to just slowly drip it in, mostly to TD, uh, Realty Income, and Vici, and maybe a few others inside of that. If prices do start to drop, uh, I hope they will. We've been seeing it. I think that we're due for a correction. Uh, I know it may not happen until after the... Uh, Options expiration, the option X date, right? As always remember that options expire on a Friday, but for most stocks, some of them are daily like SPY, some of them are weekly like PepsiCo, but some of them like Nexstar always expire on the third Friday. So all option contracts will expire on the third Friday of every month. So January 19th, that's our option X day, the first of the year. I think we could see a pullback after that. You see some goofy stuff running stuff running up into the options expiration date, but we'll see what happens with that. Then we also bought one share of SCHD at 76.64. Really don't like buying it at this high. It's at about a 52-week high. I think 77 was the 52-week high. Would really like to buy it lower. So kind of holding off there, but I want to get in the habit of just trickling in a share here, a share there, even if it's at 52-week highs. And then a new position. This is what you've all been waiting for, the new position that we started. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With a dividend safety score of 99, a 2.81% yield, they've faced some headwinds, is none other than what I toasted my wife to last night, because we are now owners of Diageo, <laughs> ticker D-E-O. 
which is an American depository receipt or an ADR. So you hold a receipt for ownership in that business. A bank will buy it, issue the ADRs. So you are still owning it, but it is a little bit of a wrinkle that you have to be aware of. And some of the headwinds they've been facing as of late, but I think they're going to be great. They own, obviously, like we talked about Guinness. If you're a drinker, you're going to know a lot of these. Johnny Walker, Tangeray, Bailey, Smirnoff, Captain Morgan, Crown Royal, Don Julio, Serac, Buchanan's, Casamigos, <laughs> JMB, Kettle One. They own a ton of them. They were incorporated 1886. Now, we love Kilkenny. I don't know if you're a beer drinker. And if you have the pleasure, do try Kilkenny beer which Diageo does own. We went to Kilkenny. We had it in Kilkenny in Ireland. That was cool. But Diageo is looking to sell some of their lesser beer brands, and I did see that uh, they're reported to be looking to sell Kilkenny. So I don't think we could buy it. But we bought two shares at $142.22. That's going to give us $7 of annual dividend income right off the bat for Diageo. Now, not super high growth. They've been growing the dividend for 25 years consecutively. 6% 20-year CAGR, only a 4% 5-year CAGR, and they raised the dividend 5% last. And they do pay it semi-annual. They go pay it out every April and October to you into your grubby little dividend investing pause. The dividend yield is 32% above the 5-year average. So, it's way, way above there. So I think it's just a good time to buy now, almost at a 52-week low. Uh, you know, sometimes people do say it's like gravity, that when a stock is at a 52-week low, it's a fight and it's a struggle, right? They say sometimes that the best stocks that are at 52-week highs, they're there for a reason because they're good businesses that people want to invest in quality. So a lot of times they do stay toward the 52-week highs. The good businesses and the bad ones stay toward the 52-week lows. But again, this is a long-term investment, and I would not mind if it did drop into the mid-130s because we would likely buy a little bit more there. Free cash flow ratio had been high, 98%. That's a little high, but... This happens, and if you look in their history, it was 113% in 2014, which is way too high. But then it dropped down into the mid-70s and the upper 60s, but then shot to 101% in 2020. Then we're right back down to the 50s in 21-22. 23, 98%. They're projected to be at 72%. Uh, that's free cash flow payout ratio, so I'm not worried uh, this is what happens, but the overall trend of free cash flow per share is just up and to the right, and they have been buying back shares slightly. Funnily enough, funnily, yes, we're making just like Funtertainment. My daughters told me that using Funtertainment is cringy, and I did indeed not invent it as they informed me, but 2.52 billion shares. With our two shares, I think my wife and I figured out that we own Dear Dividend Investing listener, about eight ten millionths of Diageo with our due shares. So hey, but you know what? Eight ten millionths is way more than zero. Yeah, it's a sliver more than zero, but either way, that's what we own. But one of the things that really, really attracted me to Diageo is the return on equity has been historically pushing 30%, and lately it's been in the upper 30s and 40% last. Return on invested capital, 18%. It's been in the mid to high teens. 
just really, really nice margins that we like to see. And you know what? We want to move out of Altria eventually. Personal preference, we've talked about it. I don't know if you invest in Altria or the tobacco companies, but we drink on the weekends, my wife and I, and I don't know many people that smoke a few cigarettes just on the weekends. I think tobacco is personally, it's harmful. Yes, you could make the argument for anything, right? McDonald's, PepsiCo, uh, you know, you just go down the list of things. I mean, we're not going to start suing fork companies because people use forks to eat fatty food, right? It's all people's personal preference. So investing is ours. It's personal finance. And we're going to choose when the time comes. We don't want to sell at a loss. So we're being picky about when we're going to get out of Altria eventually. When we can get some good premium, I'm planning to exit by selling covered calls with the intention of exiting and having the shares called away. And when that will happen, I don't know. But guess what? If you want to sign up for the newsletter, you'll find out about it at DapperDividends.com. And as long as you keep tuning in, I will tell you about things that we're doing, things that make us all better, dividend investors. And dear dividend investing listener, we made it to another end of the podcast episode. You hear the Pee Wee music. We know it. We love it. I love Pee Wee. I miss Paul Rubens. God bless him. God rest his soul. I need to find some Paul Rubens quotes for all y'all in the next one. So come back. I love you. Thank you for listening and letting me come in your ears for just a little bit around these parts. And I will talk to you in the next thrilling podcast episode. So long, everybody. <laughs>